Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Murphy's League. Sorry for the slight absence, I've been a little inconsistent with uploads. There was no uploads at all during week 12, I'm sorry about that. Just been really busy with schoolwork and work and a lot going on in my life, but I will soon be done with work. I quit my job, <laughs> which is, we'll see how that goes, but we're figuring it all out right now. We're trying to focus more on the pod, trying to focus more on school because I realized I wasn't really balancing my whole life very well. I was kind of half-assing everything and not, you know, being able to fully invest as much time as I wanted to into things like school, into things like my podcast. So I'm really hoping that I can put pour a lot more time into this, especially with winter break coming up for school. It's going to be really clutch. Um, actually, through the month of December, I'm, after December 8th or so, I'm going to have a lot more free time, so it's going to be really fun. Looking forward to making this podcast even better than it already is. Um, this episode's really, really fun because there's a ton of really fun NFL games. I actually wasn't planning on making an episode today either, um, and then earlier this week, I saw the schedule, and I was like, I have to talk about this week. There's just too many fun matchups, so uploads might be a little inconsistent until my finals are over, but again, that's going to be December 8th, so... There'll be a preview for, that's next week, so there'll be a preview for next week, and then they'll be back to normal. I'm not sure if I'm going to have a recap for this week. If I have, find the time to do it, I totally would. Um, I'm just not sure if I will, because I have some essays, some tests coming up. I will be studying a lot and doing all those things. Um, my last shift of work, I believe, is Tuesday, so again, a lot of stuff on my plate, but we're going to get through it all. We're going to invest a lot more time in this. The end of this NFL season is going to be incredible. Everything's finally starting to come into a uh, little bit more of we can kind of figure out what team is legit and what team's not, and the conferences are starting to play out a little bit more. But there's still a lot of really exciting football, especially this week. All the matchups are so, so fun. I'm going to take a lot of time breaking down a bunch of them. So this is going to be a longer episode than usual just to kind of catch up. And again, the matchups are just so fun. I need to talk about it. We're going to start today's episode with my power rankings. And then we're going to jump into some game previews. So really excited to talk about it with you all. And let's get right into it. Alright, so as per usual, back on the block, we are going to go straight into my power rankings. We're going to start at 1, we're going to go to 10, um, as per usual. Actually, you know what? Let's let's fucking switch it up. Let's go to 10, let's go up to 1. I have a feeling once I get into the top 2, you're going to know exactly who's there off the teams I've already listed. But at number 10, this again, this list shouldn't be too surprising by now. Let me know if I missed any teams, or maybe I have some teams too high or too low. Um... I'll probably post this on Instagram later today so you guys can interact in the comments section. But at number 10, I have the Tennessee Titans. I'm still super high on this team. I still think Mike Vrabel is one of, if not the best, head coaches in the NFL. Um, I will point to it until this season is over. The fact that they were in Kansas City, took them to overtime with Malik Willis. That is one of the most impressive feats that any coach has accomplished all season long. They actually kept it really close to the Bengals that entire game. If not for roughing a long snapper, that game could have looked a lot different in the box score. But regardless, I really like what this team is doing. I don't think that was any indication that the Titans can't compete with a team that the Bengals beat them. I think that's more so just how impressive the Bengals have been and finding ways to win. But we'll get to them. We'll talk about them playing Kansas City this week. Should be a really interesting matchup. And, of course, they're going to be in my top ten in just a few spots here. So at number nine, I still have the Baltimore Ravens. They still got to give them the credit where it's due. They're still leading the AFC North. Um, again, the Bengals. I think they're actually tied for the lead now, technically. 
Um, they beat the Bengals head-to-head earlier this season, so maybe they have the tiebreaker, if I'm not mistaken. I think I'm remembering that right. Anyways, the Ravens are basically one miracle drive away from winning that game against Jacksonville. They deserve to win that game against Jacksonville, but hey, what, they, they didn't. So, at the end of the day, they're still a really damn good football team. Still believe what they're doing. Um, Lamar Jackson's still having an incredible season. This defense is finally starting to come into its own a little bit. They just have these moments where they absolutely collapse. We saw that against Jacksonville. Of course, that is very important, but I still think they can clean it up in a lot of ways. And I still think they are. Love the way their rookie safety, Kyle Hamilton, is playing. Uh, he was one of my absolute favorite players coming out of college. He's looking like everything he was promised to be coming out of Notre Dame. Um, but I still think the Baltimore Ravens deserve the number nine spot. They're still a damn good football team. Still like their coaching staff. Still love Lamar Jackson. Uh, I still am a little concerned about their perimeter weapons, but I love I like what Demarcus Robinson has done. I love the speed of Devin Duvernay, and we all know how good Mark Andrews can be. Up next, number eight, and again, maybe they should be higher than this. I th- I think like seven and eight. It's so close. It's like splitting hairs, but. Right now, I've got... Honestly, I'm going to switch it on the fly. Number eight, fuck it. I've got the Minnesota Vikings. Um, this might be too low for them. Maybe it's the Kirk Cousins thing. Maybe it's I don't trust him in primetime. Um, but, I mean, hey, they had a really impressive win against the Patriots last week. They're still finding ways to win football games. Other than a couple games, they've just collapsed, like the Eagles and, like, the Cowboys, which was, of course, an utter and total ass-whooping. I haven't really reacted to that game yet. Um, I was so wrong about that game. I thought Minnesota was going to find a way to win it. I didn't realize Christian Dersaw wasn't playing, to be fair. Um, but either way, the Vikings... They're still a really damn good football team. They've still had a ton of really impressive wins. They're still really good at key positions. Good tackle. Um, better than average sack rate. It's not great, but their pressure rate's still pretty good. Like the way uh, Patrick Peterson is bouncing back this year, having a really good year. And, of course, Justin Jefferson on offense is just a mismatch within itself. Je- Dalvin Cook is still having a solid year. Not great, but solid. And then we all know what this team is, what this team has done. We all know who they've beaten. Anyways, on number seven this is the team i made the audible for i have the cincinnati Bengals. i really love what this team is doing right now i really love the way they just feel like they're believing they're having guys step up like samaj p ryan like t higgins in the absence of jamar chase and joe mixon they're finding ways to win these games i love what they're doing super impressive no super bowl hangover here um i love the composure of joe burrow i love the culture behind this team uh, their defense continues to be super underrated i've talked about it almost every single week and i've got the Cincinnati Bengals at number seven. At number six, I have the Dallas Cowboys. I gotta give them their credit where it's due. This defense is absolutely ridiculous. This offense can do really good things. I think Dak can limit them a little bit. I'm not the biggest believer in Dak Prescott, but I love Tony Pollard. I absolutely love C.D. Lamb. I still think some of their other guys can are a little slept on. Michael Gallup is someone who has had a lot of really big plays in the NFL and seems to be slept on from week to week. He is a really good wide receiver too. Um, and then Noah Brown is your option three is a really good one. And then they have a trio of tight ends that can really get it done. Dalton Schultz, Jake Ferguson, who's a rookie, who's really emerging in the last couple weeks. I really like what they have there. A lot of really good young talent on the back end as well. I mean, Trayvon Diggs, Sam Williams, like they've, they've got a bunch of talent everywhere. Um, I think the thing that's holding me back a little bit on this team and why they're all the way down at six is again, just Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy. I don't love some of their game management stuff. Obviously we know that from the playoffs last year against the 49ers that still haunts a lot of Cowboys fans. They definitely had a shot of winning that game, but for the QB draw and then the mishandling of the snap, we all know we're, I'm sure we're all familiar with that. Um, but yeah, Mike McCarthy concerns me a little bit. Dak Prescott concerns me a little bit. It just, 
hinders their ceiling a bit, and that's why they're a little bit lower than some other people might have them. At number five, I have the Buffalo Bills. Again, haven't been playing the best football in the red zone. Uh, Josh Allen has had too many turnovers down there, doing some uncharacteristic things. We saw that against the Lions again. He just He's continued to do it week in, week out. But the ceiling of this team is just so high. We all know how good Josh Allen can be. I love their coaching staff. Their defense, although a little beat up, is still really solid. I think Matt Milano is going to be back um, here soon, shortly. I think he's playing this week, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they obviously play today, so I'm not really going to be covering that game because most of the time these pods really don't get listened to the day of. It's more like a few days before the games. Um, either way, I still have the Buffalo Bills at number five. I still think the ceiling of this team is extremely high. Von Miller being out for a long time, if that's significant, that should really hinder this team. That's why they fell down a little bit in my rankings, but I still really like what they've got going on. Um, I still like the, the role Von Miller plays as like a player coach. I still think he can coach up a lot of those young players. I talked about that when he was coming into this team, but he's been really productive for them, so that is a pretty big hit if he's going to miss a significant time. Speaking of which, I'm going to look it up right now because genuinely I haven't heard too many updates about it. Um, so I'm just going to take a look at it. Um, it's a knee injury. I know that, but I don't know if he's addressed when he's put on IR. Oh, so he's at least going to miss four weeks. We know that for sure. That's actually really huge. Maybe I should have put the Buffalo Bills a little lower. Either way, I'm fine with where they're at. They're at number five. If they lose again Thursday or I guess today, if depending on when you're listening to this, if uh, you probably already watched the game, so you probably know the result by now. But that'll definitely shift my opinions on them. Either way, on number four, and again, part of this is due to the Von Miller injury, and I just really like the way this team has been playing. A lot more mistake-free than the Buffalo Bills. And within their own conference, I have the Miami Dolphins at number four. I don't think that's really a hot take to have them this high. Their offense, we know how explosive they can be. Tua Tonga-Vailoa is playing really, really good football, honestly. He's throwing a lot of really good balls. He's just making the right reads. He's not having a lot of turnovers. Um, obviously, this offense is very forgiving, but he's making the right reads. He's doing the right things. Um, I like what he's doing a lot. Their defense, I need to see a little bit more from it, but when an offense is this dynamic, it can be this big of a mismatch, and genuinely, it's so hard to prepare for the speed of this offense. It's it's impossible. You can't replicate it in practice. Um, no one is as fast as Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill on the football field. So I just love what this team is doing right now. And I think their defense should get better as the year goes on. They've already shown a lot of success against top-tier teams like the Buffalo Bills earlier this year. Now, if they go into Buffalo, that's going to be a much taller task. I don't know what what week they're going to have to do that. Um, but it's going to be damn cold up there. It might be windy. And that might be a different story. But I still like the, the Miami Dolphins on a neutral field a little bit more than the Buffalo Bills. At number three, and again, I don't think this is an overreaction at all. I have the San Francisco 49ers, arguably the most complete roster in the whole NFL. Love their weapons there. If Jimmy Garoppolo can just not ruin it for them, they can be absolutely any team in the league. This defense is absolutely nasty and only getting healthier. I really don't know what else to say. At number two, I got to give them their credit because they do have a better record than the Niners, and I still think potentially they might have a better roster, just ins and outs, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, they did get kind of steamrolled by the commanders a couple weeks ago and they got pushed around by the colts a little bit had a little bit of a scare but you know what they're winning games um they've only lost one game they've got an amazing run game they absolutely thrashed the packers which was just super impressive broke a ton of records in that game um jalen hurts can do it with his legs he can do it with his arms um his arm i should say <laughs> his arms um 
And yeah, their defense has been a little susceptible to the run. We saw that against the Packers again last week, but hey, their secondary has been clamps. I really like what they have. Um, these new guys are still kind of gelling. There's no veterans as far as uh, Dindamakan Sue and Linval Joseph are still kind of gelling in this defense. I still think this run defense can improve and will improve. And they, I mean, they're 9-1. and one. Philadelphia Eagles, number two. At number one, Kansas City Chiefs. No surprise here. I don't know what else to say. They're beating the shit out of everyone. Their offense still looks ex- extremely good. Patrick Mahomes should be the MVP frontrunner. Enough said. Okay. Now, before I get into the previews, like I said, this is one of the best weeks of football, at least on paper, we've had all year long. I'm so excited about this week. Let's start off with a little bit more of a boring game, but... Might be able to get some money out of it. Might be some value in the bets. The Pittsburgh Steelers are one-point favorites at the Atlanta Falcons this week. I really like the Steelers to win this one. Um, I think maybe it's just the Mike Tomlin squad effect here. um, And I just really trust their defense. But beyond that, I mean, Kenny Pickett has finally shown some improvement over the last couple weeks. He put up 30 against the Bengals, as we all know. Even though his numbers weren't great against the Colts, that's another really tough defense. And he really limited his mistakes. Haven't had a single pick in the last two weeks, so... Compared to where he was, that's a huge improvement for this offense because these weapons, they can do things. They've got serious playmakers on the perimeter and Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. Those dudes are really, really good, really young. Um, And yes, Najee Harris got injured again in this one, but he's been practically beat up all year long, so it doesn't really bother me as far as the aspect of this game. And Benny Snell honestly did really well in his absence. It could be a sneaky waiver wire ad, someone to definitely track if he's available in your league. Um, definitely someone to monitor as Najee Harris, you know, deals with this injury. If he's going to miss some significant time, that might be someone worth adding in your fantasy league. So just someone to keep an eye out for because even when Najee was healthy, his numbers were not great. And Benny Snell was putting up five yards of carry last week against a very respectable Colts defense. So I don't know. We'll see if Kenny Pickett can just continue to limit his mistakes, and I think he will because this Falcons defense really isn't scaring anyone. They hardly get to the quarterback in terms of sack rate. Uh, They barely pick off the passer. Their secondary has been very subpar all year long, so I like Kenny Pickett to keep it going. I like George Pickens and Deontay Johnson to have good good games in this one. Obviously, Pat Firemuth is going to open up things in the middle, and I think this defense is honestly going to have a really good game against this Falcons team. I'm really comfortable taking the Steelers here. Of course, that means they're going to get blown out, but I really do like the Steelers as a value bet here yes the falcons can give some people problems on defense um as far as offensively they can give opposing defenses problems i should have phrased that a little differently they're creative in their run game with some sneaky weapons but now Pitts is out and they're gonna have to deal with a really really sticky defense i mean tj watt getting healthier looking just as dominant as he did last year um incredible pick last week or two weeks ago whenever that was minka fitzpatrick yeah he slowed down a little bit from the beginning of the year but we all know what he can do this is a really really good defense mike tomlin is an elite NFL head coach. That's not surprising at all. I really like the Steelers to win this one. And that's one of the only bets I'm really comfortable with this week. But we'll get to that. I'll, I'll, I'll be talking bets as I preview these games. So just, yeah, pay attention. You'll you'll hear. All right, up next, game I really want to talk about. And probably another one that I won't be betting on. But it's just such an exciting game. I have to talk about it. Jets versus Vikings. Who know I'd be so excited to watch a Jets game. Of course, I think the biggest storyline you have to start with in this game is will Mike White keep it up? I mean, this Vikings defense outside of Patrick Peterson hasn't been great all year. It hasn't been absolutely atrocious, but it hasn't been that good either. Uh, But Mike White just absolutely torched the Bears last week. And of course, the Bears defense is absolutely atrocious. I hope everyone realizes that. That was, yeah, Mike White had a good game in his numbers wise, but he didn't do anything too impressive. His receivers made a lot of the plays for him. Uh, The Bears missed a shit ton of tackles. They got broken a ton of times on routes. It was just such an ugly game for a Bears fan. I don't even want to talk about it, and I'm not going to. Um, 
so this Vikings defense is much more respectable than the Bears defense is, I guess, what I'm trying to go to. I mentioned this a little bit earlier when I was talking about them in my power rankings, but they've had an effective pass rush all year long. Um, not great in terms of sack numbers, but they've got a pretty good pressure rate, so it's a little deceiving. Their pressure rate's better than what their sack total suggests. Um, and then I guess the other biggest storyline in this one is, of course, Justin Jefferson going up against Sauce Gardner. Two of the young superstars in the game going at it should be really entertaining there because Justin Jefferson just seems to not be able to be stopped by anyone. The two teams that stopped him were two of the better defenses in the league with two of the better corners in the league. Trayvon Diggs uh, lined up against him a lot in that Dallas game and then Darius Slay obviously clamped him down a little bit in that Eagles game. A lot of that wasn't entirely Justin's fault. There's a lot of that due to Kirk and just that how good that defense was surrounding him. Um, but the Jets can definitely do similar things in here. They have two lockdown corners. I mean, even if Jefferson doesn't get Sauce Gardner lined up against him, DJ Reed is having an amazing year, could get him lined up against him. And in the two games that Justin Jefferson was held under 50 yards, the Vikings lost both of them. So there seems to be a little bit of a recipe there. Obviously, He's so critical to their offense. He has so many receiving yards already this year. Leading the league. I believe he's only like a yard behind Tyreek. So basically leading the league in yards. And um, can the Jets do it again? I think there's a good shot they can. But again, it's not like I'm confident in it. Justin Jefferson can beat absolutely anybody in this league. Might have a little bit of a welcome to the NFL moment for Sauce Gardner. He had a little bit of one earlier this year against Stephon Diggs. We could see something similar. Um... But it's just such an entertaining game. Can Mike White keep it up? Can this Jets offense continue to look competent? Can they give you a reason to continue to bench Zach Wilson? Definitely possible in this one. And can Justin Jefferson just continue to show his dominance against two of the better corners in the league? So that's it's going to be so fun to watch from that point of view. Uh, the Vikings are three-point favorites in this one, which, again, I think is completely fair there. I forgot what the over-under is at, but if I didn't write it down, it's probably nothing I'm really looking at to take it's currently at 44 and a half points so yeah probably would be staying away from that one i could definitely see this being an under i could definitely see that going over if these run games and these offenses can just keep going and mike white can keep doing his things i could definitely see that being an under but just too unpredictable for me and i'm just really excited to see how it all plays out as a fan up next let's talk about a game that could really be fun depending on what teams show up or could really be shit depending on what teams show up Jags versus Lions. Who would have thought I'd be so excited to see Jags versus Lions week 13 in the NFL season? Um, these teams are super, super just spastic. You never know what team's going to show up. You never know what offenses or defenses are going to show up because when they do, they to they typically make really fun big plays, and it should be really entertaining. I'm really down for it. Again, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm so excited to watch Lions versus Jaguars in Detroit, um, really fun. Of course, the number one overall pick last year in Trayvon Walker playing the number two overall pick in Aiden Hutchinson. That's a great storyline there. I think Hutchinson's really going to remember that, especially playing in this building. Well, both of these guys have to be thinking that on their mind. Um, I think Hutchinson is definitely having a bigger impact in the league his first year. Not to say Trayvon's not going to get there, and I don't. I still think Trayvon's a really amazing player, but. Regardless, that's not the point that I'm trying to make here. The point that I'm trying to make is the storylines here are just so great. It sounds like Travis Etienne is going to be good to go in this one. It sounds like he's really leaning towards coming back. Um, this could be a very high-scoring game, and the over-under obviously shows that. It's at 15.5 points. i got to say that over is still really tempting in this one because, these, these again, these offenses can just make flashes. They can make really big plays. These teams tend to show up in really big moments and just make plays when you don't expect them to and then when you expect them to they don't so it's just super unpredictable stuff but i mean betting on this game is definitely sus i with that being said i'm probably gonna throw some money on lions money line just being at home 
Maybe it's a little bit of the hard knocks bias still wearing off on me, and maybe it's just Aiden Hutchinson, uh, you know, playing a little bit better to start the year than than Trayvon Walker, and that's where some of my you know thoughts are getting biased and getting skewed. But I don't know. I just I I think the Lions have really you know picked something up in these in this last month here. The Jags have been all over the place all year long. They started the year really well, had some downs, obviously beat the Ravens last week. So just a really emotional up and down roller coaster of a team. I think the Lions are a little more consistent right now. It feels like they're keeping up, you know. They've had something good kind of brewing for the last month. After that Patriots shutout, they've really had a lot better things going for them. So I like the Lions in this one. I'm not confident about it at all. If you don't want to bet on it, yeah, totally get that. Um, maybe don't take this advice, but uh, that's just where I'm thinking about it, and I'm really excited to watch this game. Up next, Giants versus the Commanders. NFC East, God, got to be one of the best storylines in the NFL right now with every team being in the playoffs, if the playoffs started tomorrow, not I said that fucking weird, but you got my point. They're all in the playoff picture right now, and every team is over to at least two games over 500, which is absolutely crazy this late into the season. I never would have thought that before the season started, and this game honestly has huge playoff implications. It really does because the loser of this one could be caught by Seattle in the playoff race. Luckily for the every fucking team in the nfc east and luckily for seattle the nfc fucking sucks in general i think the only team coming out of the south is whoever wins it which will probably be the bucks um and then the only team coming out of the north is the vikings because i don't think the packers are making it i don't think the lions and the bears are making it, obviously so and then you look at the nfc south it's a garbage division so i mean outside of you know dallas commanders giants and seahawks there's not a lot of teams that really can make the playoffs in the NFC that aren't going to win the division, obviously. I mean, the wild card teams. So, either way, I guess the point that I'm trying to make is the loser of this game is going to be a really close contention with Seattle, especially if it's the Giants because they already have the head-to-head. Uh, sorry, Seattle already has the head-to-head victory over the Giants. So, this is a really important game, especially for the Giants. It is in New York, which is very helpful for them. But either way... The Commanders have been red hot since Heineke took over. They keep finding ways to win games. Even if they're a little fluky, you got to say they're winning games. And I think a lot of that has to do with Ron Rivera. I don't think this dude is getting nearly enough credit in the media. He's been an absolutely amazing coach for them this year. They've made a lot of adjustments. I love the way they're just finding different ways to win. I thought so much of that credit for the Philadelphia game has to be given to Ron Rivera. And I really didn't hear his name enough coming out of the media that week and i just love what he's doing i think this team is believing in him i love what this team has got going on now with all that being said i'm not, i don't know if i'm taking the commanders in this one i probably won't even be betting on this one again there's so many games i'm just like sussed out about they could go so many different ways and i'm just watching as a fan i'm so excited to watch them on the Giants side of the ball i mean they have a great coaching staff too let's let's not sell them short they're doing really good things love brian dayball what he's been doing um limiting that daniel jones mistakes a lot even with barely any weapons on the perimeter love wink markendale and wink martindale i always struggle with that name and what he's been doing on defense for them made dexter lawrence is making dexter lawrence an absolute premier player in this league um they can ruin game plans absolutely and then daniel jones like i mentioned taking re really good care of the football we all know how good saquon barkley can be so again either way probably going to be staying away from betting in this game but should be a super fun nfc east matchup and i cannot wait to see what happens up next dolphins at niners and i swear to god i only have like <laughs> i only have like three more games fuck <laughs> yeah this might be a long episode i'm sorry guys i'm trying to get through it i'm just like it's such a fucking good week for football if you can't tell i'm really juiced up um Maybe juice up wasn't the expression I should have used there. Taking a sip. 
of my year. Anyways, Mike McDaniel's revenge game. We all know that. Master versus Apprentice storyline going on here. And really thinking big picture. And I don't think this is an overreaction at all. This could be the Super Bowl matchup. It really could. I'm not saying I'm going to predict it to be that or whatever. But if it is, I'm not going to be surprised at all. These teams are really moving in really good directions. I love what they're doing. And they obviously... We all know how similar these fucking teams are. We all know that. It goes very deep between similarity in players of uh, fucking Sherfield and and Jeff Wilson and goddamn, I don't know. You, you get the point. And then McDaniels, obviously, in the coaching staff. And then you've got, it doesn't matter. My point is these teams are fucking so, so similar. Miami's becoming, you know, the South's Niners. But the point is, um, even with Shanahan and D'Amico Ryan, that coaching staff of the 49ers being so familiar with Mike McDaniels and his offense and what he wants to run. I mentioned it earlier when I was talking about them in my power rankings. It is nearly fucking impossible to prepare for Waddle and Tyreek when they're actually suiting up and get going on the field. Even when they're not putting up the numbers, the impact they're going to have on all the other guys is it's something you can't account for. It's just they're so good. They're so fast. They make Tua so much better because of their weapons. Because even if fuck their like forget their speed for a second, these dudes are both contested catch monsters. They can moss you. They can catch it over the top of you. They can beat you in a million different ways. It's just so hard to prepare for this team. So I could definitely see a lot of points in this one. I couldn't believe how low the over under is in this one. It's only forty six and a half points. I think that's because Vegas is thinking. You know, these teams are super familiar with each other. They'll be able to kind of limit their offenses, which is a fair argument. But I don't think you can prepare for these fucking offenses. Christian McCaffrey's been a little beat up, and he sounds like he missed practice on Wednesday. But I, I have a feeling he'll be fine by the time this comes around. And even if he's not, we all know how good this Niners team is. They're healthy. Brandon Ayuk's doing a lot of really good things, especially in the red zone. DBL Samuel, we all know how much of a weapon he can be. Um, I just like these offenses to keep going. I like these these quarterbacks to make limited mistakes against these defenses. And I just think it's going to be a really fucking entertaining game. And we might be seeing a Super Bowl preview. So I'm, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Um, I think it really comes down to which quarterback just messes this game up less, which defense comes up with bigger plays. Because the thing is, I think Tua's playing a much cleaner brand of football than Jimmy G. And he's being asked to do. Although it's not a whole lot more, he's being asked to do more. He is making more difficult throws that Jimmy is not making. Jimmy's just a middle-of-the-machine bot and Kyle Shanahan is just a master schemer and always seems to work it up so Jimmy doesn't have to make too many hard throws. So that definitely could be in a factor in this game. But with that being said, this Niners defense is far better than the Dolphins defense, so that really gives them the edge back. So it's going to be a really entertaining game is my point. It's definitely helpful to the Niners that it's at home and not in Miami. That would definitely play a factor if it was the case, but it's not, so it really doesn't matter. And I'm so excited for this game. Again, the only thing I'd really be tempted to take in this game is... The spread has gotten really far. I believe the spread is all the way out to five points on my book. I don't know if you what it'd be on your guys. It's four and a half. Uh, I think I bought it at five, though. I'm not going to lie. I feel like it's been changing a lot. I did buy it at five. If you can find it at five, um, even if it's like minus 125, I would love that. I think Miami's going to keep it really close. I think it's going to be a really entertaining game. It, come, it could come down to the end of it. And again, I really like the over at 46 and a half. I couldn't believe it was that low. That feels too low to me. And I really like taking that too. But again, those odds on that game are shifting all the fucking time. It feels like a lot of people are betting on that game. Okay, up next, I'm speaking a million miles per fucking hour. Hold on, I'm taking another sip. Because that'll slow me down. More caffeine. 
Anyways, Chargers versus Raiders. It is in Las Vegas. Raiders have kind of had something going in the last few weeks here, even with Josh, Josh McDaniels' stupid-ass fucking play calling. I couldn't believe that... I don't know. I, I felt like the Raiders didn't deserve to win that game. It just felt like Josh Jacobs deserved to win that game. Josh Jacobs did everything he fucking could to carry them to victory. Ended up working out for them. Had that walk-off 86-yard touchdown in overtime to really pad the fantasy stats off That if they weren't, you know, already good enough for him that day. He dropped 50 points or something like that in fantasy. Fucking ridiculous shit. Um, there was a couple play calls in this game that I was just fucking... I couldn't believe it. I, I genuinely couldn't believe it. It was like watching someone play Madden that's, like, never played Madden before. They were calling fucking pitch plays. They were throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage three yards to get a matter of inches. It was, like... It, there was, it was fourth and inches one time, and then I think it was, like, third and one another time. They called two pitch plays. It's like, what the fuck are we doing, guys? Just put your fucking head down, toughen them out, and just push those guys forward. I get you can't really run at big-ass Al Woods, but leverage, baby. You gotta fucking try it. It's just stupid. Anyways, Josh McDaniels... He's a terrible head coach. Don't think he should be a head coach. Um, who am I to say? I'm just some fucking guy recording a podcast in a, my apartment at school. So, I, again, take it all with a grain of salt. I don't fucking care. I don't like Josh McDaniels at all. I thought they... And it adds to it because they could have just kept Rich Bisaccia. Bis, am I saying that right? I don't know. The special teams coordinator from last year who fucking turned their season around after all the bullshit that happened, took them to the playoffs, almost beat Cincinnati in Cincinnati, and then watched Cincinnati go to the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, we're going to hire a fucking new head coach. The dude hand-wrote letters to every single fucking player after that loss in his hotel room. And he didn't give him a second shot. It's just fucking ridiculous. And now he's on the Packers, which pisses me off even more. But Rich Passaccia deserved that head coaching job. They went with stupid-ass Josh McDaniels. And look at where the season's at now. Just saying, just saying. Anyways, that's not the point. That's not... This wasn't a fucking dissing Mike Davis and what the Raiders do in the front office because I think that was a stupid-ass decision. I think a lot of other people would agree with me. I don't think... I don't think... I don't I don't get it. I, I just hated when they moved on from Rich Passaccia. Why fix something when it's not broken? That was the stupidest shit. Anyways, not the point. I went on a total tangent. Um, Josh Jacobs went super sane last game. Carried the Raiders to a victory in Seattle, which is so impressive. It's really hard to play in Seattle. People forget that. He's now leading the league in rushing, and he's facing a team that literally hasn't stopped anyone from running over them in the last three fucking years, it feels like. They're so bad against the run, it's not even funny. And again, despite Josh McDaniels getting in their way, they finally seem to be showing a little more offense, not just in flashes this time. And we all know how competitive this Chargers team can be. Eckler's going to continue to shine. Sounds like Mike Williams should be back in this one. So I think we could see a pretty high-scoring game in Vegas. They These teams always seem to play each other really hard. Even if the Chargers don't come out on top, they always seem to be competitive with almost any team in the league. And... I think the difference maker really is Josh Jacobs in this one. I don't know what his over-under is for player props and yards, but if it's anything under, like, 93, I'd probably be taking that over. Um, it sounds like he's a little limited in in practice this week, but by the time Sunday rolls around, I'd completely expect him to be fine. Um, I completely get why the Raiders are one-point favorites in this one. I probably won't be betting on any team in particular. My heart wants to say the Chargers, which is probably why I won't be betting on this one. But I'm looking at that over-under at 15.5 points, and I think that's much more tempting. I completely understand that, um, and definitely something I'd be eyeing down there. So, let's move on to Chiefs at Bengals. Again, there's just really, like, what else is there to say? These stories just absolutely write themselves in this one. Joe Burrow, 2-0 and o against Mahomes in his career. Joe, whoa, I almost just said Joe Chase. 
Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase should be back out here in this one. So that's a really, really big for the Bengals offense. Obviously, two of their most important playmakers, even though they were winning without them. Um, it's you can't, you know, take away from the value they add to this team and how important they be and how just deadly they can be. They really are difference makers to this team. Um, this could easily turn into a shootout, shootout, obviously reflective in the highest over under the week at 53 points. But these defenses can also make plays. Don't sleep on them. Um, but yeah, definitely should just be a really entertaining game. I don't I like, again, the stories just write themselves on this one. I don't even know what I have to say to convince you that this game is going to be so fun and might be a shootout, but Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon are back. Bengals really seem to have something going for them. No Super Bowl hangover here at all. Really like what they're doing there. Um, really impressive wins and a few, you know, Pittsburgh's a hard team to go into that stadium and win. I don't care who's that quarterback. Mike Tomlin and that defense, they're really hard to play against. They obviously beat Cincinnati earlier this week. Winning that game was huge. And then going into Tennessee and beating that Tennessee team, again, that's a really fucking good football team. So it seems like a lot is going their way right now. Maybe feels like the Chiefs are getting hot a little too early. They might be a little too dependent on Travis Kelsey, but don't get me wrong, he's still totally going to do his thing in this one. But... I don't know. I like what Cincinnati's got going for them. I like that they're getting their playmakers back. I think they're going to be able to slow Casey down a little. Just that's just a feeling, just a gut. I don't know. I like that it's in Cincinnati a lot. They seem to have their number over the last couple of years. Of course, Cincinnati's going to remember that, put that chip on their shoulder, and do everything they can not to not to lose a fucking course. That's you know football, no shit. Um, but I really like the Bengals here. I think they make another statement game with their guys back and healthy. I'm, take, I'm taking Bengals money line. They're currently one-point dogs. I think I bought it when they were still two-and-a-half-point dogs. I, I think it opened at three-and-a-half. So, again, the public is very high on the Bengals, so that's probably a trap. That probably means Kansas City is going to win. Do with this information what you will. I'm just saying what I'm doing. You don't have to fucking listen to me. You don't have to do the same shit I'm doing. I just, there's something, I don't know. It's a feeling. It's a feeling. I think Kansas City's just not got enough weapons right now. Um, Juju, it should be back in this one. Not got enough weapons? Is that fucking English? What did I just say? Um, does not have enough weapons right now. I think that's the sentence that I was trying to say, but not what I actually said. Um, and I just think Cincinnati's just going to find a way to outscore him. At home, their defense is going to make just a few, enough plays. Um, Kadarius Tony obviously going to miss this one. I think he's still out with that hamstring injury. Juju Smith-Schuster should be back, but Nicole Hardman's out. I just think they're not going to be able to keep up with Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati's offense is going to be too much. And I think Jamar and Mixon are really the difference makers in this one. Either way, absolute treat in the AFC. And again, it's going to have massive playoff implications. So I'm really, really excited to see this game. Now, before I log off, I just want to quickly talk about... Oh, we're only at 31 minutes. Not fucking bad, actually. I made pretty good time. I was talking fast. Jesus. Okay. Another sip of the herb, and then let's talk Saints-Bucks. So the Bucks are five-point favorites in this one. I actually don't remember where this game is. I completely forgot to write it down. Let me... um. Let me check that really quick. NFL Week 13. It is in. Oh, now i got to find the fucking game. One second. So it's in Tampa. I definitely... Oh, wait. I fucking... I so knew that. The game, or last, or the game earlier in the season was in New Orleans. I totally remember that. Jameis Winston was playing that game. I think he got hurt that game. Uh, either way, these are just two really, really ugly teams. Two teams that I really don't think are going anywhere. Um, the Saints are already at eight losses on the year. Uh, even if the Bucks lose this one, I really don't think it makes a difference in their season. The NFC South is just so, so sorry. I just want to see the Bucks just show us a little something more because they've had some moments, you know, that game against Seattle and Germany, they had some moments. They've had some moments um, against the Ravens earlier this year, you know, games like that. But, I mean, losing to the Browns in overtime just felt like, 
the epitome of their year, just losing to an inferior team, um, barely hanging on and just not doing enough. It's just, it's so not like Brady, but it's so like this team this year. It just feels like the, everything is so off. The Saints miss the shit out of Sean Payton. They miss Michael Thomas. They miss Drew Brees. It's just, these are two teams that are in very similar boats with just not feeling like there's a lot of hope in these fan bases right now. And it's just a pretty grim game. With that being said, the Bucks are five point favorites in this one. I don't really understand that. The Saints have, I mean, yeah, the Bucks beat them earlier this year, but that was with, you know, Jameis Winston, who was making a ton of mistakes earlier in this year. Andy Dalton, although although he's not playing great football, he has a pretty good connection with Chris Olave. He's limiting his mistakes in a lot of ways. And I am definitely eyeing the Saints spread. Probably won't be taking anything in this game. The over-under has got to be ridiculously low. If I were to, uh, I don't remember what it's at, but it's at, oh, it's at 40 and a half. That's actually not as low as I thought it would be. I'd be definitely be looking at that under too. So, yeah, uh, Saints spread and the under. That's, like, really all I can say in this one. Again, I still think the Bucks are going to end up winning this division, but I don't I don't even know if they're going to win it above 500. So, not much else to say there. With all that being said, that's really going to be it for me. Um, I guess I could quickly cover... I, I, I'm not going to. You know what? I'll do that next week once I, we get through the round of 16. But, quickly, before I sign off, I do want to talk about the FIFA World Cup. The U.S national men's team advanced into the round of 16 didn't think i'd be saying that fucking crazy um obviously tying wales tying with england and then beating iran uh did them just enough to make it into the group of 16 some surprises coming out of the groups i mean i gotta say germany not making it was a really big shocker to me japan looked really good in the group stages like really really good uh beat germany once kept it really close with spain Actually, no, they just beat Spain, didn't they? They beat Spain this morning. So, Japan, a really surprised team coming out of the group stages. Belgium, not making it out of the group stages. Obviously, a really big shock there. I, I gotta say, I'm not as surprised on this that one. I felt like Belgium was a little bit overrated. It felt like last World Cup was really their year. They were going to take it all. But still, FIFA had them ranked at number two coming in the tournament, which was... So it's a big shock. You got to say they're the second best team in the world and they're not even making it into the round of 16. They're not even one of the 32 or the, sorry, they're not making it past, you know, 32 best teams. That's, I wouldn't have expected that at all. I got to say, um, Kevin DeBornier talking about how his team is old. It sounds like he's a little mad because he's obviously knows he's in his, knows he's in his prime right now. Um, kind of being ruined by a lot of the older guys around him. So I thought that was kind of funny. Um, kept it pretty honest with them there, but I mean, let me, let me look up all the group stages and I'll just talk about my instant reactions because I have watched a good amount of the games. Um, I just haven't... It's it's hard to keep track of all the fucking groups. There's so many. Obviously, Mexico not making it to the next round. Um, not too surprising there. Argentina slipped up against Saudi Arabia early in the tournament, which was a big surprise. But I think... So I guess some of the bigger surprises to me just have to be Germany, Denmark finishing dead last in their group was really surprising to me. I really thought Denmark was a solid team. I loved what they did in the Euro Cup when Christian Eriksen went down. They all seemed to rally together. They had an incredible run. They just seemed to fizzled out really early in this one. Of course, Belgium not making it. Um, really tough division with South Korea and Ghana and Portugal. That was just really fun to watch. Um, but then. Qatar being the first team in first team out um they really didn't stand a shot in that division and now we have to go face and by we I mean the U.S. have to go play the Netherlands in the first round the U.S. have had you know they've played really well to their competition I thought they were going to get smoked by England they ended up tying that game but playing really stingy defense they only allowed one goal the entire tournament if I'm not mistaken that was the Gareth Bale PK so 
I guess that doesn't, I don't really know if that counts as a proper goal. Um, so our defense has been really stingy in the Netherlands. I mean, the Netherlands is damn good. Let's not get it confused. I'm not saying that, but the U.S. has kept it really close to a lot of competition. I would argue England's a better team than the Netherlands. I don't really think that's a hot take at all. And, you know, we, we kept it close with them. So you never know what can happen in these games. I'm really excited to see what Team USA ends up pulling out. And I'm just happy they made it out of the group stages. I'm just happy they're in the fucking World Cup again. Um, you know, once Italy and them are in, in it at the same time, then I'm going to be really stoked. But you know what? I can't complain. Shout out to Australia for making it out of group stages. I was really surprised by that. And then, of course, shout out Morocco. Not even getting second in the division, just barely squeaking by and beating out Belgium and Canada. Not that really Canada had a shot. But beating Belgium and securing the, the first, they won the whole ass pool. Croatia actually got second in that pool. So, again, shout out to them. Really impressive stuff there. And then Serbia, disappointing um, in this one. Brazil. Obviously, Neymar gonna miss this now upcoming game, but he will be back by the time because they're they're gonna make it. It's not it's not a hot take at all. Um, and Serbia really is disappointing. It's looking like they're not gonna make it out of their group, and I thought they were gonna be a sleeper team to make it out of it. So again, don't have too much analysis to say here. I'm not the biggest soccer guy, but I really do love the World Cup. Really excited to see what Team USA does against Netherlands this Saturday. And with all that being said, that's it for me, guys. Hope you enjoyed this episode, and peace out.